0: I, w- I was with my band in Southeast Turkey and uh, we were going into a, a, a city or as a village called Tirkadog. What was crazy about it was that it was a Muslim town. There was no believers, no Christians. And we were getting ready to set up, which was really crazy because there had just been a state of emergency in Turkey because of an attempted coup. and so they made it illegal to do any kind of outdoor activities. And so here we were, without permission, during a state of emergency in a Muslim town, and we thought, where should we set up? So we went to this big square right by a police station. And so that was even more crazy, and we're starting to unload our equipment, and then the police came to us and they said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, we're an international band, and we're doing a concert here. And they said, oh, really? Wow, can we have our picture taken with you? And so the bands there I mean the bands taking their picture with the police and we start setting everything up. And uh, so in our concert like I was talking about the other yesterday and, and uh, a lot of you guys need to come to our show if we can't do it here Thursday night then you need to come to our send-off show and I'll have free tickets for you in case it are snowed out here. But anyway, we show a modern day crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, which is a really you, a lot of you don't understand what i'm saying here but you don't do that in a muslim town during uh, you know when there's a state of emergency without permission so we're doing this and then after that i started to preach which again you're not supposed to do in a muslim town during the state of emergency with no permission so i'm saying jesus is the only one who came back to life muhammad did not come back to life buddha did not come back to life Krishna did not come back to life, only Jesus. He's the only one who can set us free. He's the only one that makes it possible to have a relationship with this good father who loves us. Again, this was a really crazy thing to do. And then, on top of that, I asked people to respond publicly. You don't do that in Turkey. You don't do that in a Muslim town. And it was completely breaking all of the rules. So I said, if you want to know Jesus, I want you to pray out loud with me, in front of everybody. So all these people were praying out loud, receiving Jesus, including a couple of policemen. And the policemen came up to me and said, we want to know more about Jesus. Do you have any information we can give you? You know, you can give us about how to know Jesus. So I'm giving it to the police. And so it was really amazing. And all of a sudden, this undercover policeman came. And these are the government police. And so he's yelling at us. And he's saying, what are you doing here? You don't have permission to be here. And so he's on the phone calling other people. And then this other guy got out of the crowd. And he said, this is a Muslim country. You can't talk about Jesus here. And he was trying to get the crowd to attack us. But they wouldn't do it because they liked us. And so finally, we got our stuff packed up and um, we're, we're getting ready to leave, and I get a call, and someone said, you need to get out of here because the police are looking for you. And so we're driving in all these back streets in this, mu- in this Muslim town so the police won't catch us, and then we end up on the freeway in- going back to Istanbul. Yes! Yes! You know, I didn't know that following Jesus was so cool. I thought it was stupid, boring. You know, it's like, oh, I got to do it so I don't go to hell. You know what I mean? I didn't realize how amazing it is. And I hope, you know, I hope, yeah, I hope, okay, if, some, if God is calling some of you to be dentists and to be, you know, bankers and whatever, okay, whatever, cool. But I hope I, I, God sends some of these students to missions. Send some of them. Not to just be career people in business. Okay, we need people like that. But Lord, call some of these students to missions. Call them, Lord. Send them. You know, if you dare to proclaim Jesus outside of the church, you're confronting, it's a battle. You know, that's why it's hard to talk about Jesus to anybody. Because it's a battle. And if you're going to do it in a bold way, which I believe many of you are here, God is calling you to do, I believe this with all of my heart, there are men and women who are here this morning that God is calling to in a bold way go out and talk about Jesus. Most of you, many of you, came up here yesterday morning and you were on your knees and saying, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. And God saw that, He saw that step you took, and he's calling you. And he wants you to go out and proclaim who he is. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 5, When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, Is it because we don't have any bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having bread? Do you still not understand? Don't remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many basketfuls were gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread what, what Jesus was saying is, I know you need food. I, knew, I know you need to take care of your families. I know you need all of these things, but this is not the purpose of your life. You were created for something eternal. You were created for something significant, something important, something supernatural. This isn't just my, my words. This is what Jesus said in John 14. Jesus said, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, this, what Jesus said here has been misused by a lot of people. You know, a lot of people have, been, have misused Jesus' words here. You know, they've thought, You know, God, I would really like to have a Mercedes. I really want a Mercedes. So you cut out a picture of a Mercedes and you put it on the refrigerator. God, give me a Mercedes. That's not what Jesus meant. He meant prayers that will bring glory to God. Now, I... I am a very proud person and I have a lot of selfish ambition I have to struggle with. I'll actually think I'm doing something for God and I'm really doing it for myself. And God will show me my heart and then I have to ask him to forgive me. You know, but so I don't know if I've ever done anything with 100% pure motive. But I know this, if at the center of it, at the core of it, I want to glorify God. I can ask for anything, and he will do it. I'll give you an example. In the early days of my ministry, I got the idea that God wanted me to join the Yugoslavian army. Now, this was before when Yugoslavia was one country, before it it broke up. And I felt like me and this other guy thought, we should join the Yugoslavian army. That'd be a cool way to talk to people about Jesus. So we hitchhiked. To Montenegro and we went up to the commandant and we said hello we would like to join the Yugoslavian army and they said you can't join the Yugoslavian army you're an American get out of here and so we left and we're praying God get us into the Yugoslavian army I mean this is crazy you know we go back the next day to the commandant hello we're back we would like to join the Yugoslavian army. Get out of here! So we went away, and then my friend said, we have to pray and fast, and I don't like fasting. But I said, okay, so we're praying and fasting. God, get us into the Yugoslavian army. It was crazy, it was impossible. But all I can tell you is this. One day, I was wearing a Yugoslavian army uniform. I was driving a Yugoslavian army jeep. I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning, singing the Yugoslavian national anthem. Hey Sloveni, I'm in the Yugoslavian army. Now, these men are tough men. I mean, these are the kind of guys that grow like three beards a day. You know, just fur is just growing out of them everywhere. And, they wouldn't breathe any air that didn't come through a cigarette. So they'd be, they'd be laying on their bunks and as soon as their eyes open, they're smoking, these unfiltered cigarettes. And so my friend, you know, we're in the Yugoslavian army, right? And so my friend and I are thinking, how are we supposed to talk to these men about Jesus? And my friend got this idea, let's buy a bunch of cigarettes. And we thought, yeah, that's a great idea. So we bought these cigarettes And then we took these little notes and wrote John 3, 16 and 17 in Croatian. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. So we made these little notes in Croatian. And then we attached them to the little cigarettes. And we passed them out to all the men in the camp. Cigarette evangelism. Who is Jesus? Jesus. Who is he? Colossians 1, verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. And he is above all things, and in him all things hold together. What does that mean? You know, when you have a clear, beautiful night here and you look up and you see the stars, you know they keep inventing more and more powerful telescopes, and the the enormity, the, the immensity of the universe is unfathomable. It's so immense. Or when you have a when you look at the microscopic world and you see the intricacies. Of the microscopic world, how complex it is, how amazing it is. Jesus Himself holds all of this together with His power. He's above every principality, every politi- corrupt political system, every past bad thing that I have done. He's over everything. He Himself holds all of this together with His power. And then, He says something that is unbelievably profound. He says this, when I'm walking with one of my sons or my wife, you know, let's say you're walking in a beautiful, like in Carver Park or something, and you're walking in a beautiful path, and I'm with my wife or my sons, and I say, Jesus, we want to be here with you. We want to spend time with you jesus said in matthew 18 20 were two or more come together in my name i am there in their midst and this is not that jesus dying on a cross this is not the way jesus is often portrayed today you know as this kind of hippie guy in white robes you know walking around with this blank expression on his face this is the Jesus who came back to life. This is the Jesus who, in the book of Revelations, it says when we look at him, his face is brighter than the sun, that if we, Jesus, in his glory, would appear to us in this chapel, we would fall on our faces before him. It's this Jesus. And he says to us, what do you want? what do you want be like if my phone rang hello hey David this is me Bill Bill Gates hey Bill how you doing good what do you want Well, you know, Bill, uh, I could use some new tires on my car. You know, maybe, and I'm a little behind on my rent. You know, maybe he could help me get some some tires for my car, and maybe he could help me out with my rent. What? Are you kidding me? Bill Gates calls me up? You think I'm going to ask him for tires? When I begin to understand who Jesus is, impossible dreams will well up in my heart. The disciples went to Jesus and they said, could you tell us how we should pray? Could you tell us what our attitude should be like when we pray? And Jesus said, well, let me give you an example so you'll know. He says in Luke 11, verse 5, he says, "'Suppose of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, "'Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. "'A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, "'and I have no food to offer him. "'And suppose the one inside answers, "'Don't bother me. "'The door is already locked. "'My children and I are in bed. "'I can't get up and give you anything.'" I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of their friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, your boldness, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So let me explain the story to you. All right. so to put it in our context, I think it would be much later than midnight. You know, because back then people would go to bed basically when it got dark out. So I think for our context, it'd be more like three o'clock in the morning. So it's three o'clock in the morning, okay? And some people come to visit you. Three o'clock in the morning, and you're like, I don't have any food to give them. So you go to your next door neighbor. You start ringing the doorbell. I have visitors. I need food. Three o'clock in the morning. You're ringing the doorbell. The neighbor, your neighbors are going, Are you nuts? It's three o'clock in the morning. I fi- my kids are finally in, in bed. They're asleep. I'm undressed. But the guy wouldn't take no for an answer. He kept ringing the doorbell. Give me bread. Give me bread. Finally, Jesus said, not because of their friendship, because they probably weren't friends anymore, <laughs> but because of his boldness, he gave him what he was asking for. Bold requests honor God. Impossible things, unreasonable things honor God. I know this this guy. He was a good church guy, you know. Doing things, but he was thinking, is this all there is to following Jesus? So he's frustrated. So he went out into the forest and he went out in the forest and he said to God, God, I know that this isn't Mount Sinai, but it'll have to do. And I'm not getting on my knees either. And he said the next thing he knew, he was shoved to the ground. So he got up again. And he was pushed to the ground again. And he got up again. And he was pushed to the ground again. And he told me he was crawling around a tree, like this tree, like a dog. in the presence of God fell on his life, and his whole life was changed. When my sons were in high school, you know, we decided to have a, you know, to meet in our, our house. And, you know, they brought a couple of their friends, and then um, we would just talk about Jesus and read things in the Bible. And then we thought, you know what? Let's start having some, let's be a little crazy. Let's go out at night into the forest. This was in New Zealand, because that's where we were living. Let's go out into the, into the forest and have these all-night prayer meetings. So we'd go out into the forest, and we'd have, make these bonfires, and we'd bring all these energy drinks, and we'd, we'd, be, we'd start praying all night. And then, sometime, and then like my sons and their friends, they'd be talking about, All the things they were dealing with and they were talking about people in their in the school their friends that they wanted to see coming to jesus and pretty soon more and more people started coming to the all-night prayer meeting and then pretty soon people who weren't even christians wanted to come to the all-night prayer meeting and we'd say it's better if you become a christian and then come you'll get more out of it and so then these people would come to jesus and they'd come to the all-night prayer meeting and then we were having one of our all-night prayer meetings and someone said you know, I, I have this idea that God wants to give us a big marquee. You know, like this big circus tent so we could set it up in our, in our town and we can, we can use it to tell people about Jesus. So we started praying. These high school, my sons and their high school friends, Jesus, give us a big marquee. And then God provided us a big marquee. And then we thought, we need a big stage to put in the marquee. So we're going, God, we need money we need a big stage. And so a guy from a lumber company gave us a bunch of, uh, you know, lumber and stuff so we could build this big stage. And then we thought, we need a truck. So God, give us a truck. And we were praying for this big truck to put the stage and to put the tent in. And then my sons started, and their friends started this band and all this other creative stuff. Hundreds of these young people from that town were coming to this marquee and coming to Jesus because they started to believe in what meant to seek God. What is this idea that prayer is this kind of ritualistic dead thing? It's the opposite. What would happen if some of the people in this school started to take seeking God seriously? Just a few of you. What would happen if you started to really cry out to God? One time, I was, I was um, really crying out to Jesus, and I felt like God wanted me to go to Brazil. And I'm going, God, I believe that you want me to go to Brazil. I don't know how I can do it, I don't have the time, I don't have any contacts there, but God, I, re- I really feel like you want me to go to Brazil. I go back and check my email, and there's an email from a guy named Sandro Baggio, and he said, from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and he said, I heard you're coming to Brazil. I said, yes, I am. He said, can I set up a tour for you? Now we have full-time teams all over South America that started in Sao Paulo. One time I was, there's a map, I was praying in this room. I don't like to pray in rooms normally. I'm, you know, everyone's different, but for me, I like to walk when I pray. But th- well, this was one of the times when I was in a room, which isn't normal, but I was actually in this room, and I was, I was crying out to Jesus, and there is a map of the world on the wall, and I was, I was praying, and I felt like God sp- spoke to me and said, David, see that map? Put your finger anywhere you want on that map. You decide, I don't care. Put your finger anywhere you want on that map, and I will send you there and I will use you there. I know this guy that, like many of you seniors, trying to figure out what the next, the next step for your life is. And there's this guy, who was in that stage of his life. And so he locked himself in this room. And he put a map of the, of the world on the floor in front of him. And he got on his knees and he said, Jesus, I am not leaving this room until you show me where you want me to go. Yes. You see, the amazing thing about following Jesus is that he actually hears us when we pray. He's moved by our prayers. He said that we need to be like someone who goes to a neighbor's house at midnight, demanding bread. What are you asking God for? Every breakthrough I've ever, hap- have ever had in my life has come when I've started to seek God with a desperate heart. Hebrews eleven six, in order to have faith, you need to believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him with a desperate heart. And I, I think there are some people here that need to start having some all-night prayer meetings. There's people here that are very disciplined. You work very hard. You're very disciplined in your schoolwork. You're very disciplined in your athletic endeavors and uh, as musicians, whatever. What if you were to take that and seek God, that discipline? You know, I say to musicians, what if, you, if, what if for every hour you spent practicing your guitar, You spent another hour seeking Jesus. Can you imagine what would happen in this school? Can you imagine what God would do? So my challenge to to all of you that responded yesterday, this is the next step. Get together with somebody and say, I want to do this. I want to start to know what it means to really pray, not in this formulaic thing, you know, not out of this kind of cultural duty, but I want to really, what it, what it really means to cry out to Jesus, to really ask him to do things. I'm telling you, when that, when you start doing that, everything changes and God will start to speak to you. He'll start to guide you. You'll start to see the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit moving in your life. So, I don't know if this is an altar call message, but if you feel like I want to seek God more, why not? It's good to get up. Let's just say, if you feel like I, this, I need to seek God more and I, I don't know how, but I want to put something in practice. Lord, I, I, I said yes, I surrendered to you yesterday and now I want, to, I want to get to know God in a better way, in a stronger way. I want to start to cry out to him. I, don't, I want to see him move in my life, in my family, then can you just stand up, come up here as an act of commitment to that, and we'll say, yes, Jesus, we want to seek God. We want to see him move in our lives. So if that's you, can you just come to the front? Well, Lord, thank you for the amazing couple of days we've had together. Thank you for this school. Thank you for these students. And I ask that you would burn this. Lord, you see the decisions that were made yesterday <clears throat> and now today. Lord, I pray for those who are standing up here because they're saying, I need to seek you more. I need to get to know you more. Lord, I ask that you would show them to, to how they can put a plan together to do this. That this would, that you would I believe there are some people here that God would call to go to Carver Park and to have an all-night prayer meeting. I think that's what some people should be doing here. I believe there's some people here that God wants to get together you know, with some of your, one of your friends and say, let's make a commitment <clears throat> every day to go for a walk or to spend a, I don't know, however long but just start to pray for each other start to pray for breakthroughs we want to see in our life. I believe there are people here that need to find somebody and say, Would you would you do that with me? And I also think there are people here that are, you don't you're not sure even about all of this. And I would challenge you to go and spend time alone and say, Jesus, I want to understand who you are. I want to know who you are. I promise you, if you do that he will reveal himself to you. He will pour out his presence on you and he will show you the amazing life he created you for. So Lord, thank you for all these students. <clears throat> and I pray that you would, they would be passionate seekers of Jesus. I pray that they will, they will know the calling that you've placed on them. And like I've already said, Lord, there's a great harvest and there are a few workers Lord, look around at the men and women in this chapel. I pray that you would call some of them into your harvest. Whether it's here in in the U.S. or somewhere else, I don't know, Lord, but I pray that you'd burn a calling inside of them and that you could use them to bring your love to people who've only heard lies. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in on our Encounter podcast. You can find previous Encounter recordings and who will be coming in future weeks on our Southwest Christian High School webpage, www.swchs.org. Click on Student Life and Encounter. Again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, keep your eyes fixed, not on speakers, teachers, or institutions, but on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith.